0: My name's Matt. Um, It's so good to worship with you today in this place. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're a community. We're following Jesus. We're learning to love, and on Sundays, we gather to turn our hearts and our minds toward God. That's what we want to aim at, so whether you're in the room in this house or if you're in your house in one of your rooms, we welcome you to this time, and we're so thankful that you're here. Whether it's your first time or you've been coming for years, this is a safe place to Take steps of faith towards Christ, and that's what we want you to do today. Hey, as a community, we want to get to know those who are around us. We want to grow in our relationships. And so I have a simple question for you today about friendship. I think anybody can answer this question. Whether you're online, you can do it in the chat bar or here in the room. The question is, who is your longest standing friend? Like, your longest-standing friend, who is it? Can you just give us their first name, the person next to you around you? Can you just give their first name and what you love about them? So go ahead and meet a few people around you. Answer that question. Do that online, and we'll continue together. You got it? Go ahead and grab a seat when you're done. Hey online, do you have it? Do you have their name? And how many years? You could even maybe put how many years. Oh, I love the conversation. I love hearing it again in the house. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I miss the full room. Am I allowed to say that? Like I miss, I miss the full room and it's starting to fill back up. It's so good to have you back. Um, so many of you are coming back. It's so good. I miss, I miss the full room. And I'm so thankful for technology. I really am. Um, I, I will always say, though, there's something about being in the room, right? There's just something about being together and gathering together to turn your hearts and your minds toward, towards Christ. And, and um, in Hebrews, which is a letter written in the New Testament, one of the things that uh, the early church was encouraged was, was not to give up the habit of meeting together as so many people had, had done. There was this drifting away. And if you're not intentional to, to, to gather, and you can do that online too, like whether it's in the room or, or online, there, there's this drifting away at times, and we lose focus, and so there's power in coming together as the gathered church, the gathered body of believers. So I'm so thankful that you're here or, or streaming or, or watching at a later time. So for some of you, that was a harder question, your longest standing friend. I mean, you've got years behind you, and a number of people maybe that came to mind, and I wonder what you love about that person, him or her. Like, what is it that you love about them? And um, Robin and I were uh, connected with some of our friends yesterday, uh, Some a long-standing friendship that we have. And what I love about it is it's just easy, isn't it? Like with your long-standing friends, you have this history, and there are times that you could be apart for quite a while, and then it's immediate almost when you when you come back together or you connect on the phone. It's like this immediate um, reconnection, and one of the things I want to get after today and get to is this idea that that's what God wants with us, and sometimes for us we I I think in our prayer life and in our walking with God and. We, we have this uh, sometimes an embarrassment or shame that it's been a long time, but I think God just wants us to talk to him. Right, church? Like, God just is ready for us. Like a father and a child, like God is ready for us to turn back to him. And at any point that we turn back, like God is ready to, to, to enter in. Um, to that relationship again, and I want to I talk a little bit more about prayer and daily prayer today, so I'm going to get after that in just a minute, but for those who are new or just getting back, we've been in this series called 25 Days, and at the beginning of the year, we decided to get focused and serious and intentional. You know, it's not your desires that move you in different directions, it's your direction that leads you to become the kind of person that you're becoming. All of us have desires, like I, I want to, maybe I, I want to be a healthy person or I want to run a marathon one of these days. But if I don't do today and tomorrow and the next day what I need to, to be a runner I will never meet that goal of being a marathoner, being a runner. Like, if that's my goal, I have to do the things today and tomorrow and the next day to, to do that. Um, some of you, I, I know some of you are in the financial world, and you would say the same thing about finances, wouldn't you? Like, I see a few of you around the room that, that some of us have this, this goal or this dream or desire to retire one day and to be able to enter into retirement where we could travel or some things that we have in our mind that we want to do. But if you don't save today... If you don't do the things today that you want to do, you won't won't be able to do the things that you want to do in the future. You've got to be intentional in the habits that move you in the direction of whatever it is that you want to be in the future. And the same is true in our faith. I was reading uh, this week uh, uh, an article in the Entrepreneur Magazine, and it was talking about the habits of some of the, the most successful entrepreneurs. And I was just struck by how many of them fall into the four categories that we've been talking about. So these successful entrepreneurs, when they when they think about business and developing business, it's interesting, these four categories that we've been talking about, wisdom, stature, our relationship with God, and our relationship with others, many entrepreneurs, their habits that they would say have led to a successful business, whatever it is that they've created, There's some things that fall into these. So like how you make decisions, many successful entrepreneurs would say, I've surrounded myself with really wise people that I can bounce ideas off of, and I can gain wisdom from them, those who have experience that I don't have, so that I can make the decisions that I need to make, and those are wise decisions. Uh, Stature, physical health. It was interesting to me how many like hard-driving entrepreneurs say, if you don't rest, you're going to run out of gas. And so, you've got to rest. You've got to build that in. As um, someone who used to be a runner, I'm not so much a a runner anymore um, because I don't do the daily thing that I need to do to become the runner that I want to be. Um, But some of you still call me a runner, which I'm so thankful for your grace. Thank you. I wish my heart and lungs knew that I was a runner like you think I'm a runner. Anyway, um, we talk about rest, and in running, you, you cannot run strenuously seven days a week in an ongoing manner and, and be healthy as a runner. You're going to have injuries. You have to have a day of rest and a day of slow running, and there's some things like that that you've got to incorporate um, with God. Now, the entrepreneurs didn't talk about this specifically with God, but many of them talked about meditation, and here's what I believe about those who are into different practices of meditation, that it's actually a desire deep within them to connect with God. They may not just know how to put words to that yet. But the idea of even meditation and, and trying to come to a centering of the self is really a desire and a, and, and a missing relationship deep within us that God has placed within each one of us. And, and it's this, this, fo- this wanting to, to walk with God or honor God in our lives. And to, to do that, to honor God, to walk with God, there's some practices that we've got to put into place. And then with others, relationships. We have to be intentional in our relationships um, with others. Hey, I want to say this to you. Um, some of you maybe you, you began the year strong and you said, I'm going to pick one in each category and I'm going um, to eat healthier every day, every single day. I'm going to eat healthier and I'm gonna read a proverb every day, and then like day two, you forgot to read the proverb and you just threw up your hands and you gave up. Anybody, you wanna raise your hand? You don't wanna raise your hand, do you? It happens, doesn't it? Like we have these good intentions, but then here's what I want, to, I, I want you to hear this today, that today is not too late to change your direction. Did you know that? You, you might have made some missteps and you might have failed Oh, am I allowed to use that word? I might have failed. Um, One of the things I'm working on in terms of my health, my stature, is um, my flexibility. Uh, Some of you uh, would say, like me, like, I can't touch my toes. Is there anybody in the room who can't touch their toes? Yeah, yeah, it's like impossible. And I'm trying to increase my flexibility for my health and long-term, you know, health. And so I I began the year thinking I'm going to stretch every day, and I made it two. So I'm with you. Like sometimes we just, you know, we're not able to do the things that we want to do over long terms. But here's the deal. Today is not too late to make a change in your direction. Jesus, one of the things that he preached and it says that he, he, he said, was rep- the, the word was repent. When he taught, he used the word repent, which literally means to turn around. Jesus, almost every time he taught, would give people an opportunity to turn around, to go in a new direction. And you have that same opportunity today. In any of those categories, you can go in a new d- direction today. Some of you are like, is this a motivational talk, or are we gonna like, get into a sermon? I promise it's gonna get to a sermon um, in, in just a minute. Uh, but before we get there, have you ever heard of Emmett Smith? You know Emmett Smith? So 25, next week, 25-year birthday anniversary celebration here at McDowell. It's going to be awesome. 25 years ago, do you know who won the Super Bowl? I just gave it away, the Dallas Cowboys, Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith with the Dallas Cowboys, and um, Emmett Smith was an incredible running back, uh, I know somewhere Cameron is rejoicing that I just mentioned the Cowboys winning the championship. It's probably the last time they won the championship because they're terrible. Now he doesn't like me anymore. Anyway, Emmett Smith, um, who I think later played for the Cardinals, didn't he? Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Anyway, one of the things that Emmett Smith incorporated into his life was what I think he referred to as the 24-hour rule. Have you heard this 24-hour rule? He gave himself 24 hours to either celebrate the win— or to mourn the loss. And he said, the next day begins the work that's needed to continue the path that I've chosen to take in my life. I like that. Like, to the 24-hour rule. Like, at the end of today, I'm going to rejoice or, or mourn the decisions I've made, the failures, the, the successes, whatever it is, but tomorrow I have to make another choice to, to move in the direction that I think God has called me to go or the, the direction to become who I want to become in the future. I I like that. And I think it reminds us of the importance of daily decisions to live in the day in which we are right now, to be in the present. Now, some of you are already drifting off, and so I'm going to ask you to be in the present just for a few minutes. Like, be in the present moment. I, I think living in the day is one of the most difficult things for us because I think many of us live in regrets from the past, or desires, hopes for the futures. But I think so many of us have a difficult time living in the present moment, right here, right now. Um, Jesus, in the most famous prayer, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, which he taught his disciples, when they said, teach us, you know, teach us to pray a um, couple of, of things jump out at me, uh, a lot of things. If you missed last week, by the way, with Cameron, incredible message on prayer, and he used pray as a little acronym, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. I loved that. Um, if you missed it, jump back last week, and you can, you can check that out. Um, but in this prayer where Jesus is, is, is teaching his disciples to pray, he makes this statement, he says, when you pray. And I think that when, that word when is important like i think jesus for for the followers the disciples those who were listening i think jesus wanted when you pray like prayer should be a natural part of your life and for many of us it's just not we struggle with prayer because i think at times we don't know what it really is and we don't know how to have this conversation i mean at the simplest form prayer is simply a conversation with God, an open line of communication, opening this conduit between us and God's Spirit who who wants to know us and be with us. So so Jesus says, when you pray, because I think he he was insinuating that it was going to be a common occurrence for those who would follow him. And then in the prayer itself, he says this. He says, give us today, as he's teaching them to pray, give us today our daily bread. If you're like me, You want to pray, give me this week my weekly bread because I don't want to have to pray again tomorrow. I would just rather, like Sunday, be the day that I gather with my fellow believers, the people that I love, and I can just say, God, give me what I need this week. But Jesus teaches them to pray, give us today our daily bread, almost teaching us that we need to pray every day. Does that make sense? Are you with me still? Come on. Like, God wants us, and Jesus teaches us, to be in regular communication with him. Give us today our daily bread. This is just some, um, I mean, this is, this is for free, just some marriage advice. If you don't talk to your spouse on a regular basis, you're not going to have a very good marriage. I—I That I, I makes mean, amazing what you get on Sunday mornings when you're here at McDowell. That's incredible <laughs> information. Like, if you don't talk to your spouse on a daily basis, and that goes on for very long, like, it begi- there's cracks that begin to form. Come on. Like, that's free marriage advice this morning. And, you know, in our relationship with God, like, there's this, there's this, God desperately desires to be with us. It's why he sent Christ, God with us. Now here's the deal. Some of you now, as I as I begin to talk about this, you you start to feel shame, and that is not from God. It's not from God to feel any shame in this moment when I talk about prayer, because you feel like, oh, I don't pray, and maybe that's why I don't. No, no, shame is not of the spirit. That's not of the spirit. Like put that aside if you can. Like try to work beyond that idea of shame or whatever it is that you feel embarrassed or whatever. Like let's get past that and let's talk about how can we, how can we build this relationship with God in a positive way? How can we start to pray in a way that God would open up this, this, this conduit with his, with his spirit? Um, Jesus, later in this teaching uh, called the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, you can go read the whole thing. It doesn't take very long. Um, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, unbelievable teachings uh, of Jesus. Um, but he says this in, in chapter 7, uh, and I think we skip over this. Uh, in in the church oftentimes or as believers because it's such a bold thing that Jesus says. He says this, keep on asking and you will receive. Now that's good good news, isn't it? Keep on asking. Keep after it. Keep on searching and you'll eventually find. Like keep on searching on a regular basis. It's almost like the 24-hour rule. like, Like start again tomorrow. Ask again tomorrow. Seek again tomorrow. And he says, if you continue to knock at the door, the door will be open. Like, knock again tomorrow. Like, daily, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. And some of you, like me, might say, man, I've asked for the same thing over and over and over again. And I think as Jesus has taught throughout this whole uh, sermon that that with God, it's a relationship, and it's not about just lobbing requests, but if we truly enter into a relationship with God, when we ask over time, sometimes our ask begins to change because our will comes into alignment with God's will. Does that make sense? Like over time, we begin to ask the things, they they begin to be reshaped by our our connection with God. Jesus, in, in his some of his final moments on earth he said to God he said if 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 I can if I can get through this without dying like if you can take this cup from me I would love not to be put to death on a cross but not my will yours be done it was this yielding it was this like openness to for his prayer to to change and so what I want to do in our, in our time together, is I want to give you five daily, and I would call these bold or dangerous prayers. And I'm going to ask you maybe to pick one or two, maybe to, as, you, as you get your mind around them and to think, where is it that I could develop this this deeper intimacy or relationship with God? And there's one in particular I'm going to, I'm going to continue to get after, but uh, I, I read this from, from Mark Batterson in a, in a book I, I talked about earlier this year, where he said this, that, God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. I like that thought, that, that when we continue asking and asking and asking on a daily basis, when we open this conduit between us and, and God on a, on a regular basis, that, that God will honor those bold prayers. And it doesn't mean that he's always going to give us what we think we want, but I think he will honor the, the building of that relationship when we come back to him again and again and again. So you ready for the five, five prayers? Here we go. See if there's one that maybe connects with you that you might begin to ask on a daily basis. Here's the first one. Forgive me. God, forgive me. And then I would encourage you to be specific. And in Scripture, this is called confession. It's the idea that we go before God with our hang-ups, our sin, our brokenness, and we Bear that before God, not because he doesn't know it. God already knows. But because it starts and it begins to do something in us before God, our Father. If you've ever been a parent, if you've been a parent or a grandparent, you know how this is with kids. You want them to confess what you already know to be true, don't you? and you're just waiting, and you even give them little hints, like that you know, and kids are interesting, because sometimes they, they're like, oh, they don't really know, or do they know? They don't really know, and, you're trying, and you, just want them, you just want them to be honest with you, because when your kids are honest with you, it builds trust, and building trust is what relationships are formed on, and God wants that and our relationship with him so to go and say god forgive me and here's why i think that is a bold daily prayer is because it reminds us of our brokenness and our need for what god has given us in jesus christ we become more thankful people when we are honest before god because he loves us and forgives us in first john it says this if we confess our sins to him listen to this he is faithful And just to forgive us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Like God is ready to forgive us. Now come on church, that's good news. God is ready to forgive us of the mistakes and the the, the chosen sin and the brokenness of our lives. When we go before him and we're honest with him, God forgives us. Now that should put a smile on your face. Like that is our God. Who is faithful to forgive us when we we confess. Now, some of us need to confess to others. That's another sermon. We're talking about this one, right? Batterson also says this: whatever we don't confess, we repress. And whatever we repress eventually resurfaces in ways that are both unhealthy and unholy. I want you to think about that for a second. That in our lives, when when we aren't honest with what's lying deep within us we repress it we push it down this happens in our relationships with one another too we we push it down we force it down and eventually that's going to resurface and usually in very painful ways unhealthy and unholy ways it usually comes spilling out on us so the first daily prayer that you might say you know what this is one that i need to start on a daily basis just and you could write it somewhere, put it somewhere that you'll see it every day in your car, in your bathroom. Forgive me, God, and be specific. Second one, change me. I think this is a bold prayer. This, this prayer that, to God, would you change me? Would you transform me? Would you make me new? And the reason I think this is a bold prayer is because it is a prayer for conviction, and that's dangerous. When we come face-to-face with what God is calling us to do or be, and we see how we're off track. It's, it's convicting. Uh, God says this in the Old Testament. He, he's talking about, uh, really, this, this, this turn of his people, and he says that in that day, I will give, I'll give you a new heart. God wants to give you a new heart. And he doesn't mean a physical heart. Come on. Like, he doesn't mean a, a physical heart. He's talking about he wants to give you new desires, and he wants to give you a new spirit deep within you. Uh, his, his spirit, he wants, he wants to change you and put a new spirit in you so that you might live a joyful and peaceful life in the world in which you live. Like, God wants that for you. Quick survey, how many of you would love to have more joy in your life? Anybody? What about peace? Anybody want some peace in your life? Anybody need a little bit, Little? yeah, love? You want some love? Like God wants that for you as well. Like God desperately wants you to know joy and peace and hope and love, all of those things. God has that for you. And so a daily prayer might be, God, change me, transform me, make me new. Like I know how off track I am, would you would you redeem me, restore me, change me, whatever that language is that you need? God is faithful, and I believe He will begin if you keep on asking. God will be faithful, and He will answer that prayer. Third one, heal me. And you know I'm I'm not old. I know. I'm older than some of you, not as old as others, but I've been a pastor long enough to know that in a room like this, there are some deep, deep wounds in the lives of the people that are sitting here. And it's something that's been done to you as a child or as a young adult, or maybe as, as, as an adult. Maybe it's something that you've heard over and over again, maybe something that someone uh, physically, I mean, there. I, I just know that in a room with people gathered, there are deep deep wounds, and I know that god I know that God desperately wants us to know wholeness in our lives, and that 's not an easy path. I mean, I think this is a bold, dangerous prayer. Heal me because it, sometimes it 's a painful journey to get to healing. Did you know that like it 's a painful like you have a hip replacement. My brother had a hip replacement years ago, and then he had to do PT. And for his healing long-term, that PT was painful. Some of you are like, amen. Some of you, you don't amen anything else, but you'll amen that, won't you? Like, PT is sometimes just painful because it just hurts. Like, you've had a shoulder replacement, you know, whatever it is. And, but there's good in it. Isn't there good in PT? I'm asking my PT friends. There's good in it. It's painful, but there's good in it. And when we ask God to heal us, sometimes the journey is painful, but that healing can lead us towards a freedom we've never known. We've we've lived in shame and brokenness long again, and maybe that's your bold prayer for this year, just to, God, heal me. Heal me from that. Fourth one, speak to me. God, speak to me. Now, as a pastor, I hear this often, uh, pretty often. People are like, I just wish God would talk to me. And sometimes in Scripture, I read where he talked to people or his voice was there. And sometimes I hear from others, you know, God said to me, like, if God would just audibly speak, then everything would be great. Like, I just want God to speak to me. God, will you speak to me? And then, you know, He didn't speak to me, so he must, I don't know, is he there? Is he not there? Here's why I think this is a dangerous prayer, that if you continue to ask God to speak to you, and then you quiet yourself and your world, I think God will speak to you. I believe that God will speak to you. And maybe not audible, you know, I've, I've never heard God in an audible way, but I know without a doubt that God has spoken to me. And I believe that if you pray this dangerous prayer, speak to me. And then you make yourself available to hear him, I think he'll speak to you. James says this. Now, this is really good relational advice, but if you read James, this actually comes in the context of listening to God. He says this, uh, be quick to listen. Have you ever read this passage or heard this passage? It's It's great marriage advice, actually, isn't it? It's really good relational advice. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I think it's okay to apply it there, but what James is, if you actually read through James, that beginning chapter one, and it's talking about if you need wisdom, ask God, he'll give it to you. Like God will give you, but don't be tossed by the winds. That's that whole passage, and he talks about enduring trials and and the things that happen and that you're building. Then he says, you know, in, in the context of all this, be quick to listen. And I think He's, he's leading in on our relationship with God. And I find, and I, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you or on your behalf, but I find in my life oftentimes I'm quick to speak to God. Because I know what I need, and I'm going to let him know what I need so that he knows what I need, regardless of what he thinks I need. Anybody? Right? So God, speak to me, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be quiet. I'm going to listen. And here's the last one. So uh, forgive me, change me, heal me, speak to me. And then the last one, um, I'm going to challenge all of you in this one to, to begin to pray daily, use me. God, use me. Um, so this one, I think in the church, we have... Um, we, we have taken this, this concept of, of God wanting to use us for other people's good, and we've passed it off as if God doesn't want to use us personally. And here's what I believe, that God wants to use you personally to reach someone who is far from him or reach someone who's hurting right now in their life that God wants to use all of us for the good of others in his kingdom. I, I believe that about you. I, every single person in this room, I believe God wants to use you in, 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 a, in a way that you maybe don't even think about. Now listen, uh, Jesus' followers, who remember when, when he was arrested, like scattered, they took off running. And two of them um, show up later in the story in the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church. So... Uh, There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are all the stories of Jesus, and then Acts is the early church, how the early church started, which we're a part of. Um, And they bring a couple of Jesus' followers, uh, Peter and John, to the council. And the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, because Peter and John, I I don't know if we would be like this, I like to think that we would, they had encountered a resurrected Jesus, a Jesus who died and was buried, and he came back to life. And they couldn't help but tell other people about that, that event. Wouldn't we? We'd probably tell other people too. Now listen to what the council says. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training. I wonder what Peter and John thought about that. These guys are bold and, like, they're just ordinary men. I would, like, take a little offense at that, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, but I think God is in the business of using ordinary people to do miraculous things. And I think God wants to use you in a miraculous way in the life of somebody else to bring them closer to him. Now, I know some of you are tuning out right now and you're like, Matt, you're going to tell me to go knock on someone's door or like the person who's working in the cubicle next to me and you're going to tell me to go tell them about Jesus. And uh, Stay with me for a minute. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Now, God might lead you to do that, but just stay with me for a second. And then the next thing, um, the next line is, they also recognize them as men who had been with Jesus. And sometimes I wonder, do people in this world recognize us as people who have been with Jesus? Ooh, that can be convicting. Like, are we recognized as those who have been with Jesus? That we've spent time building relationship with God because of what Christ has accomplished with the Spirit. So this prayer, Use Me, actually is, is bold and dangerous because we're making ourselves available. We're, we're, we're yielding ourselves to what God might want to do through us in other people's lives so here's the challenge on this one now you pick one of those that maybe you'd write down and you would just pray on a daily basis but the last one use me i want to i want to lean into this and i want to challenge everyone who calls McDowell home whether you're in the room or at home today i want you to think about this for a minute and just see if god wouldn't put somebody on your mind and i'm going to talk about it a little bit again next week for a specific reason but i want you to think about this uh here's the prayer challenge could you identify one person you know who is either far from God who, or who desperately needs God in their life? Can you identify just one person? So just think for just a minute, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking, but I, I think God will, will bring someone to your mind in the next few minutes if you'll give him space to do that. Is there somebody in your life that is far from God, that you know is far from God, and could desperately, could desperately use a connection with God in their life? Is there somebody that you—and maybe they're already popping in your mind. I see a couple of you nodding. I think that means that they're probably in your mind. Um, somebody who's far from God. It could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. It could be a friend. It could be somebody that you, uh, you have a hobby that you enjoy in, in a certain environment. And um, so part of this in asking God to use us is to identify somebody— And then create a cue that would help you remember to pray for this person daily. So that's the first step that I'm asking and challenging you in, is that you would simply pray for someone who's far from God. See, I'm not asking you to do anything crazy yet. Are you still with me? I mean, any ordinary person can pray for someone else, right? Like, if you're ordinary, listen, even if you're extraordinary, you can do that, right? Like, God can do that. So ordinary, extraordinary, either one. Like, you can pray for somebody. And so you might think, well, what does that mean, create a cue? Well, we've learned in habits that cues are those things that spark us to do something, right? That's how habits are formed. So let me give you an example how um, I've, I've done this um, since late December with, with a friend that God put on my heart. Um, I took an item that reminded me of this person, and I put it in my car. My car uh, has the dashboard, and in the center, you know, the console, there's a little opening right at the bottom. Many of our cars have that. So I took this item, and it's, it's not very big, and I put it right there. And every time I get in my car, and I start my car, I see this item. That reminds me of that person. And I pray for him. Now, I've done something crazy. Like, two weeks ago, like, I know some things that are going on in his life. I know he desperately needs God in his life. I did something crazy. I texted him, and I said, hey, just want you to know I'm praying for you. I know it's crazy. I mean, just crazy. Crazy. And what's interesting about that is when you do crazy things, like like nobody in the world that I've ever met has turned down prayer before. I made a joke, and then I said, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And he sent me back, and it's like, I'll take all the prayers I can get. That was his response to me. And who knows where that ends up. But I think God will use me in his life if I'll continue daily on a regular basis to ask God to use me and then open myself up to the opportunity should it open to say something to my friend or to invite him into this space. Say, hey, I think you might get something out of this. Why don't you join me sometime? Does that make sense? So I wonder if for you, if that use me prayer would be one that um, that you would pray. I just want to challenge you in that. If If there's a specific person and maybe like me, it's something you put in your car that you are reminded of them um, that would just be a trigger, just a cue to say, oh man, I'm going to pray for like he or she is I think far from God and so I'm going to pray for them and then if an opportunity comes up, I'm just going to say something. Listen, I think God will do that. How incredible would it be to know that God used you to change someone's eternity? How awesome would that be if God used you to change the trajectory of someone's life? Like somebody who, and just think about practical, somebody who is addicted to something that they just can't get away from. And most people who are addicted know they're addicted and they want to get away, but they can't get away. How awesome would it be if God used you to break the chains of addiction in someone else's life? Come on, church. How awesome would that be? And God wants to do that with you. And he wants to do it with me. So let's pray bold prayers. Let's trust God to do something with a bunch of ordinary people and some extraordinary ones thrown in. Right? All right, would you stand with me? We're going to sing one last song. And um, as we walk into this moment, I want to, I just want to take one moment um, to give you the opportunity to maybe pray a bold prayer that you've never prayed before. And as a pastor, one of the things I feel as though I'm called to do is to help people step over a line of faith. And we've been talking a lot about prayer the last few weeks and a relationship with God. And we would be remiss if we didn't give you an opportunity to step into a relationship with God today if you've never done that before. And listen. Jesus, when he preached, he said, repent. Repent literally means turn around, go in a new direction. In other words, like turn your life towards God and move in that direction. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And here's the, the good news is that God has taken care of all of the prerequisites for you. Like there's nothing that you have to fit into or like God has taken care of it all by means of Christ the one who gave up his life, who overcame death, was resurrected on your behalf and mine so that we might know life with God here and into eternity. That is the good news that God wants the world to know. And the way that we receive it is simply turning back to God and saying, God, I acknowledge that I'm broken. I acknowledge that I've made a mess of my life at times, and I desperately need you. And I choose to receive Christ as both my Savior and the one who will set the path for me, my Lord. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that. So if you'll just bow your heads, and I'll voice the prayer, and maybe you want to pray it with me. Uh, You can do that silently in, in in your mind and in your heart, or you can do it out loud. And It's a simple prayer. Father God, I love you. And I turn back to you today. And I want to move in your direction. And I acknowledge that I am sinful, that I've made a mess of my life. I acknowledge that through Christ, his death and his resurrection, you've given me the opportunity to step into relationship with you. So I receive that today. I invite you into my heart and my mind as both my Savior and also my Lord, the one who will mark a path for me going forward. God, thank you for your love for me that never ends. God, I thank you for those today who would pray that bold prayer. And I ask you by your spirit to work in them, to transform them and to lead them in a new direction. God, we all need you. Every single one of us. We need you. We need your salvation, your grace, your mercy, your love, your peace, and your hope. I pray you would pour it out on us today in Jesus' name.